0: Hello, everybody. Um, I have with me uh, Dr. Anne Brunfels, uh, who is the founder and director of PX Healthcare, uh, one of the phase two companies funded through the Cancer Innovation Challenge. Um, so I'll start with uh, letting Anne introduce herself. Uh, tell us a bit about your background, uh, what you do, and what PX Healthcare is about.
1: Wonderful. Well wonderful to be here, Steph. Thanks so much for the kind invitation. Um so yes, my name is Anne Brunvels. I'm a pharmacist, biomedical scientist by training. And I, uh, before actually working in the cancer arena, I worked in the genomics and genetics field, and I previously set up a data mining biotechnology company that I brought literally from my sitting room to the London Stock Exchange, and that was really my previous life. I then became really interested and very sort of quite expert at personalized medicine, which means that... People are really being treated with the right medication and the right treatment at the right time. And, um, and that was my focus for quite some time. And I then realized that when people, for example, with cancer who are being treated with these much more targeted, personalized uh, treatments, that they have very little understanding of why they're being treated with a particular drug or medicine or treatment for um, for their particular indication. Or for example, we had um, a lung cancer patient who we spoke to. And then he said, yes, I'm actually quite unhappy because my neighbor is being treated with this really expensive drug and I'm not and is that because I'm a smoker which is absolutely has absolutely nothing to do with it it only has to do with your molecular subtype of that disease and so what we really wanted then to do and what I wanted to do was to set out and make mobile technology because ipads had just come about back you know six seven eight nine years ago had been had been developed and had had been marketed and we were like we can actually using smartphones using tablets we can give people so much more personalized support during their treatment but particularly from the moment of diagnosis and that's the moment when um I actually started talking to my brother, who's, uh, who's a physician and um, uh, actually specialized in the rehabilitation of cancer patients, helping them back to work. And we actually sat down and said, well, why don't we then make uh, an app um, to support people initially with breast cancer from the moment of diagnosis to support them with a range of um, mobile tools. And they can range to personalised medical information, tailor-made lists of questions, as well as tools to record and track how they respond to their treatment, which we'll talk about, I think, a little later as well. And um, give them all these tools to support them from day one, and give them a better patient experience. Um, from uh, the moment of diagnosis throughout their treatment, hopefully even going back to work and living the lives that they they want to be living. And so we then termed and named our company uh, PX Healthcare, and PX stands for Patient Experience. And the product we developed um, initially in the Netherlands in 2012 um, is called uh, O Wise, and O stands for Oncology, and it's called Wise because the whole idea is that people are having the chance to to wisen up on. On, on their on their particular um, particular condition, and um, that's been live in the Netherlands since 2013 officially, and then we came to the UK in 2015, and it was launched as a, a breast cancer app in 2016 with the help of the NHS, the National Health Service here in the UK, and um, and then you and I, Steph, we met in 2017 when we took actually and brought Oi's the breast cancer app. To, uh, to Scotland um, as part of the Cancer Innovation Challenge as well where we then expanded on it.
0: Just to wind back because uh, uh, I remember you telling us a great story about the idea behind OISE, uh of a friend of yours who Um, experienced breast cancer and that was part of your inspiration otherwise as well so would you like to tell the audiences a bit about that story?
1: Yes this is I mean it it is it is so impressive I mean I hadn't worked in cancer before so I was asking my friends and you know do you do you know people with cancer Um, and then I was directed to a friend of a friend who had indeed been diagnosed with breast cancer and she's one of those sort of uh, young people who was in her early 40s um, very tall and slim and um, and was diagnosed with uh, quite an aggressive type of breast cancer um, what happened was um, before I spoke to her that she actually had been diagnosed she'd been she'd had a surgery and then was unhappy about things in her hospital um, she then asked for her pathology report as you do so all the all the different different details on what type of tumor you have how it's been removed? Is it been has it been removed in its in its entirety or not? Um, so she was looking at that because she actually wanted to go to another hospital. And then found out herself that not all her tumor cells had been radically radically removed. So it's really important when you operate and on someone with a cancer that all of the tumor cells are being removed to really avoid it coming back at some stage. And um, so she she was really shocked to find out find out that not all the tumor cells had been removed. Then she actually went to the other hospital. They said, "Okay, we have to do another round of surgery." Um, she said, "Okay, let's do that." And then we want to reconstructed at the same time well to cut a long story short that literally went wrong she had more scars on her body after that second round of surgery and lost her whole breast Um, and then she was put on chemotherapy she had no idea actually what treatment she was on and she told me at the time when I spoke to her and heard all these stories and she told me well I'm really the only one who amongst all the people I know who's being treated with this particular treatment and, um, and that was really, um, I was quite surprised because although we do deal a lot now with personalized treatments, which are much more uh, specific to the person, that treatment was quite commonly prescribed. But it was just because she misunderstood it and she couldn't understand it because she wasn't given the right information for her at the right time to understand it. And then couldn't, couldn't talk to anyone about it because she felt quite isolated. Well, and that for me, this was the first person with cancer I actually spoke to. Mm-hmm. That was when it really brought home the message to me, uh, well, a number of things, which is why I really want to work in cancer, which I'd never done before, um, which is when you're being diagnosed with cancer, literally your life is turned upside down. Um, You are put in a hospital. You have no idea what's what. You have to talk to doctors who you don't know about a condition that you know very little about. You get to hear a lot of medical terminology that you don't know anything about. Um, you don't know what it means. And it's all about your life. It's are you going to live? Or are you going to die? What are the treatments are, are you going to receive? What side effects are you going to experience? How are you going to tell your family? And, um, and, and how are you cope, going to cope with this? So there so many different things that are affecting your life that literally people become also depressed while, um, while being treated and while actually trying to deal with uh, with cancer. So for us, it became really important to see if we can help people from day one because really what, what you want to achieve is that there's all this trauma that's being caused by being thrown into the deep end, into an area where it's really about life and death. And we know by developing relatively simple terms, simple features, for example, in an app, we can really help people. So so just to give you an example, um, we've developed a secure audio recording function in our app, which does a lot of nifty things. But the very simple thing is that you can make uh, audio recording of the consultation with your doctor. And um, there are a number of things why it's secure. It's secure because you can't tamper with it. You can't put it on emails or on websites, so the doctors and feel more uh, comfortable you recording that consultation and for you it's really helpful because mostly you forget what's been told um, and we've heard now so many stories because we, we ask patients what they really want from from an app and then often they come back with stories yes uh, after diagnosis I fainted or um, we spoke to some people with prostate cancer lately and they said I really can't remember how I came home following uh, following the news that I heard that I had prostate cancer so Um, To have this recording is really important because also your your partner or family member or carer who may want to come along, they... Here's some very traumatic news about a loved one who's been diagnosed with cancer and they don't remember everything. So um, so it's really important that, that that information is well captured because you can always fall back on it, listen back to it. Um, as a result, you may not always have to call the hospital when, you know, we've heard a story of a, a patient who was about to call the hospital because she had this this, this dreadful letter in her mailbox and she didn't want to open it. Because she thought it was really bad news, she was about to call the hospital. I mean, people do 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 things they wouldn't do otherwise. Um, so she was about to call the hospital, and then she remembered she had this recording, and she listened back to it, and she had oh, everyone is getting a letter, and she opened the letter, and it was good news. So it was it, that's all helpful. So we can make people using this type of technology much more self-sufficient, and and that's one of the terms that we use as well when we measure our effect: are, are people becoming using these tools now either becoming more activated someone sometimes we call it that they take more uh, control um, or are they becoming more self-sufficient so they have to rely less on hospital resources you know um, times of doctors and nurses that's becoming more scarce over time so yeah we're really pleased that we can add these features and and that we can help people and obviously we've been doing this now for uh, for quite a long time in, in the field of breast cancer and 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 we know it's been published as well that um, people who use um wise, um you know the breast cancer app uh, that um nine out of 10 would recommend it to other patients because people feel they they're more in control they have more grip on their life um they um we had one patient say you know um i think one of her her quote was um when you've been diagnosed with cancer um, your whole life turns into chaos. All these hospital appointments, medications, um, reminders that you have to take your drugs, and and then all the things you have to cope with—it's—it's—it's chaos—and um, always creates order in this in this in this chaos. So we really we really, really believe that with what we've done, we can help people. So nine out of ten recommended to other patients, but also nine out of ten clinicians see real benefits because they also nine out of ten recommended to to their breast cancer patients, and that's because Because they feel that people are more at ease and better informed and they can have a better treatment dialogue with them, which is really good for both patients and clinicians. Because when patients can choose a treatment that suits them better based on being better informed and based on being able to make a, a good decision at the right time and not feeling rushed and being better prepared, for example, using our question list module people get personalized medical information personalized uh, questions to ask and as a result uh, they can prepare better for for the conversation and uh, and the consultation that may coming up and as a result they have they choose the, the treatment that suits them and that's better for the hospitals too when the outcomes are more following patient satisfaction patient satisfaction co- scores can can go up and but what's really important for us is that we can improve patient and clinical outcomes by having people choose for the treatment that's really going to suit them and benefit them Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, well i mean that that's great uh and i think uh it'd be really good for people to really to understand what OWISE is um because i think you're talking about it in quite broad terms but it is essentially an app that allows a patient to kind of be more in control of their cancer journey essentially uh, by recording data reported by the patient itself um the term i believe is proms and prems which is patient reported outcome measures and patient reported experience measures or just patient reported data um, and that you've already touched on some of the benefits of you know recording data in that way and how clinicians might use it but do you want to elaborate a bit on that on this Uh, you know, there's a growing recognition that, you know, patient-reported data is being factored more into clinical care of cancer patients. Um, Yeah, so do you just want to talk a bit more about that and the importance of patient-reported data in general?
1: Yes, I I think, you know, that that really follows um, everything we do. So we always... Ask patients first, what do you want? And as soon as they found out that within the app, there are tools to record how you feel on a daily basis. So it has a very central question or actually it's like a button in the app where you say how do I feel right now so some patients do it several times a day and some do it um, three four times a week and that's all fine everyone can decide how often they want to to use it Um, but what it does is people can really trace and track over time their level of nausea how tired they are they can um, There are more than you know 30 40 different side effects or symptoms that we know that say for example breast cancer patients can can uh, from and um, so they can track skin rash or um, you know we've had a lot of questions actually about sexual health so now we're adding new trackers specifically for patients to to track things uh, about that but it's anything from uh, that could benefit doctors as well and doctors are really interested for example in in patients who may experience um, shortness of breath or um, who may be on chemotherapy and develop a temperature and all of that's being recorded in the app and it's really useful for patients themselves because it gives, gives them immediately more insight themselves so for example we had a um, we, we do sort of every every week or every few weeks we do patient workshops and to find out how people are using it what their experience is so just a few weeks back we, we were speaking to another breast patient and she said um, Yeah, so this is wonderful because now I sometimes do exercise and i may exercise a bit too much and then i see the next day actually i'm really tired or sometimes it's two days later and so this enables me really to 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 gauge how i'm doing how much energy i'm spending if i if i should actually do more or do less and so we have a lot of patients who use it really to to help themselves already but at the same time these patient reported outcome data can also really benefit the uh, the doctors and the nurses and the people who prescribe their treatments uh, for example, people particularly who are on chemotherapy, they, uh, there's actually a trend for people being treated in cancer that people who receive chemotherapy may be receiving actually too much yeah. and as a result experience much uh, worse quality of life and may stop their really valuable and effective cancer treatment um, because the side effects are too severe. Um, what happens as a result, that if that becomes too severe, patients go off the treatment and they obviously may have a shorter time to live what what happens when these patient reported outcome measures which are actually often more accurate than the clinical reported outcome measurements um just as a slight side note um try to remember how you felt like six days ago how did i feel six days ago i have no idea ask a cancer patients oh so over the past three weeks how were you feeling um I, I really forget because also actually chemotherapy um, sort of um, it's really sort of um, impairs the um, the cognitive features the cognitive effects the memory of of yeah. people, so they find it really hard to remember how they were feeling and as a result they have to report it back and their chemotherapy dose may be adjusted if they experience severe side effects. Well, now having with tools like Owise, having direct access to the real time. Patient-reported outcome data in the clinical files and in the electronic hospital records, like what we've built here in Scotland through the Cancer Innovation Challenge, is really valuable to the clinicians because they can see in real time, oh, Mrs. Jones actually suffered of breathlessness, and really she should not be short of breath because she has this this condition in addition to her cancer that makes her really short of breath and it's very dangerous. Now while she is on chemotherapy she really should take note of that so I can see now this is what one clinician actually told me today I can monitor how she's doing remotely and as a result I can even intervene and give her additional drugs to make sure she can actually cope with these side effects better or reduce the dose of chemotherapy so she can be treated for longer on good and effective treatments having better quality of life and better outcomes and live longer Um, So for us, that's really important. So yes, these patient-reported outcome measurements, having them integrated in the electronic uh, hospital records is so valuable. And um, you may or you may have not mentioned in in your other podcast, but we really believe that the initiative here from the Cancer Innovation Challenge was fantastic to to enable companies like us to collaborate with um, very large hospitals here in Scotland to integrate this data and have clinicians work with the patient-reported outcome data directly and benefiting really uh, lots of patients on on a day-to-day basis, giving them better outcomes and better care. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question, which is exactly... Do you want to tell us a bit about the work you did as part of the Cancer Innovation Challenge with NHS Lothian? Uh, So, yeah, no, that was a perfect uh, introduction into that. So. So, yeah, no, fire away.
1: <laughs> Great. No, I mean, we're, we're really excited. I mean, it was a totally accidental sort of... Uh, someone sent us, actually, uh, a, an email. Oh, Anne, is this not something for you? And then we read about Cancer Innovation Challenge and that the whole idea is to uh, to implement, incorporate, integrate uh, patient-reported outcome data and patient-reported experience measurement and patient-reported experience measurement data into... Um, into electronic patient records here in Scotland, we said, yeah, that's spot on. That's exactly what we want to do. So it was a great, uh, great excuse for us to then start and look for really good collaborators here in the field, um, particularly in Scotland. And um, we stumbled upon sort of, you know, one of the largest health boards here in uh, in Scotland, which is NHS Lothian, which is the Edinburgh area area. Um, and there are, um, in Edinburgh, um, more than, I think, every year there are more than 1,100 new cases with breast cancer, new pa- patients with breast cancer diagnosed. And so um, there's a, an enormous, um, there's obviously a large hospital here that then was very willing to collaborate with us. And we then started to collaborate with uh, our clinical lead of the project. So the project started back in 2017. I think, 17. And um, since 2018, we, we started to work together with our clinical lead, uh, Dr. Peter Hall, who's also a health economist and is very interested in viewing how uh, we can improve patient-reported outcomes altogether, or patient outcomes, clinical outcomes, and also see if we can reduce the pressures on healthcare systems. Um, so we started to collaborate with Peter, who's a very, um, very, I think, um, enthusiastic and, you um, and and research-minded medical oncologist to implement uh, and integrate the OI, patient reported Outcome Data, directly into the um, electronic health record system that's been used throughout the whole of Scotland um, called TRACK, Trackcare, And um, that was then in collaboration also with the e-health team from NHS Lothian done in a really short period of time. So literally within six weeks, that system was up and running. Uh, to, which was a fantastic achievement. And then we started to uh, assess how these patients were doing. So that clinical study is uh, is essentially um, being completed. We already had some reports coming out, and um, we're looking to publish some case studies on it. But really what happened is that we had, um, we had um, several dozen patients sign up very quickly to the Owise, uh, Owise app. Um, they were then actually being tracked by their clinicians remotely, patients receive alerts when their side effects reach levels that they really need to contact the Cancer Treatment Helpline, which is a a Scottish initiative to make sure that people always have a helpline to call. It's a central helpline when they're being treated um, for cancer, particularly when they receive chemotherapy, immunotherapy or radiotherapy. And um, so these patients can um, get then an alert when their side effects exacerbate to call the cancer treatment helpline to get the right treatment uh, and to get their treatments adjusted in time. And that is really then to make sure that um, they don't have to suffer more severe side effects than necessary, that we can keep them out of the hospital altogether because... When they call the cancer treatment helpline, they get very specific um, advice on what to do next. It may be to get particular over-the-counter treatments. It may be to go into the hospital quite soon. So um, that's been that's been live now for for over a year, and um, and it's still up and running. It's still being used. It's um, it's being very actively used in two hospitals, the, the two large cancer hospitals here in NHS Lothian. And um, and we see really day to day uh, improvements on, you know, for example, also yesterday I ran into a patient um, that has been working with us on a pilot study and she's been using it, I think, since the start of it. So that since uh, I think it's for more than 15 months now. And uh, she still says, I'm still using it every day to, to monitor how I'm doing. I get alerts when I need to take action, and I call the, d- the nurse or the doctor or the cancer treatment helpline, depending on the treatment she has. And uh, she, does, uh, she does that and, and gives her control, and um, and she feels really happy. And when she goes and sees her, her doctor, her oncologist, she shows the data, but the doctor already has remotely obviously seen that. But it really helps them having that discussion about why her treatment needs to be adjusted or um, how she can actually live better with cancer because these are people often who who have um, what we call an advanced um, version of the disease which means it's metastasized to other parts of the body uh, but with tight control of the side effects and symptoms and being on the right treatment they can live for a long time so we're really grateful actually that we are given this opportunity to to give people the chance to live better lives um with with tools like our mhm
0: and uh if i recall when you know one of our meetings one of the kind of uh outcomes of the trial at NHS Lothian was that clinicians are better because of the kind of Sort of diary function of uh, OYs, that they're able to understand complex toxicities like a lot better than they did before, i.e., you know, patients that have a much more complex cancer uh, than and before. So that's that's a really interesting outcome of the trial I assume Absolutely yeah it is I mean
1: people particularly the, the, the younger cases often actually people who are quite young and then get cancer need to be treated uh, with quite aggressive treatments but also because they're so young uh, they have a, a more aggressive type of the cancer that needs to be treated with more specific uh, more specific uh, and indeed quite quite heavier treatments mm-hmm. if you like so um, these complex cases Need to be tightly monitored, Mm. and that's exactly why they then like to use OIs. Mm. So it's exactly, I mean, if if someone is being diagnosed with, um, you know, your your what we call postmenopausal, so you're well into your, your late 60s you have a type of cancer that isn't very fast growing um, you may need to receive hormone therapy and you may respond well to that um, and then you may be actually clean after a while that's that's relatively easy to monitor you know not a lot of tools may be needed for that mm. for patients themselves yes you want to empower them you want to give them whatever they have but particularly the oncologists benefit from uh, from always because they can really monitor very clearly um, all the different toxicities together that could be really alarming and need to be really tightly controlled so for them it's a really helpful tool so it's specifically for people with the the more difficult to treat cancers uh, the more complex cancers as you say um, that need more aggressive treatment and and tougher treatment that um, always is really helpful so yeah that's what we hear thanks
0: great Um... Just a, a little bit touching on, I mean, PX Healthcare, it was originally a London-based company. Uh, and just tell us a bit about how your engagement through the Cancer Innovation Challenge and the Data Lab has you know, impacted PX Healthcare as a company.
1: It's been really interesting, because obviously we never knew we would be this active in Scotland, and so um, yes, we started out in Scotland with um, the challenge, we then set up the collaboration with NHS Lothian which we expanded on Um, we've since actually um, also won uh, other awards of which uh, the Nesta Healthier Lives Data Fund Award has been won which helped us start to work with prostate cancer patients, which we're doing also here in Scotland, so that Um, means that we're working uh, also with the West of Scotland to to try and improve uh, lives of people with prostate cancer. But um, what has happened here with Data Lab is that we then said well, as we're here, the collaborations are going really well. We need to do much more data science and data analytics, but particularly data science on the data that comes out of not just what we collect in a fully anonymized way, i.e. we don't have any personal identifiable details of our users at all, but um, um, also, on the clin- at the clinical end, there's really helpful data sitting in all the ho- on all the hospitals' uh, record systems. So that data needs to be pulled out and investigated. And for that, we need some proper data science uh, that we have internally, but also here at the University of Ad- Edinburgh through Data Lab. We think we may be able to collaborate to investigate that further. So we really have expanded. As a result, we have now a, a small office here in Edinburgh as well. Um, we may well uh, recruit some people over time. We have always. Um, OS- ambassadors as we call them at the hospitals and these are medical students who really believe that digital technology is important to uh, to help cancer patients so we have students who volunteer for us and who then help patients um, to they help them to onboard the app and help, and help them ask, answer questions they may have so it's becoming we think here quite a community particularly here in the Edinburgh area that we obviously want to expand to other parts of Scotland as well and bring to other parts of, of the population here too so um, yeah in quite an unexpected way in, in the course of say 2-3 years we now have uh, uh, Scotland has become really important to us and, uh, and Data Lab has obviously facilitated this and, and now having in the same building an office is is great, so we can even do these <laughs> chats quite easily, Yeah, we're
0: glad to have you uh, well you go. I'll, I'll go on to our last question really, so is what's next, uh, what's in store uh, for PX Healthcare and OY's tell us about you know what you have in the works now what's what's in the, on the horizon Yes, so we
1: were we were lucky. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if, if Cancer Innovation Challenge uh, directly contributed to this, but we, we did a, a really good um, fundraising round uh, for us last year. So we were able to expand with many more people, uh, both in London um, as well as uh, in Amsterdam, where we're also based. Um, so uh, as a result, we have a lot of development work ongoing. So we're really excited that a new version of OIS is going live in, uh, in, in spring of this year uh, um, which is really um, taking into account all the feedback we've had over the past few years and so this really should be um, an exciting new development both for, for the Scottish patients and the Scottish researchers and the clinicians we work with, uh, but also throughout the world it's going live in the US as well then so we're, we're excited about that too. And um, what's been really important during the whole course of us being active in, in breast cancer is that um, it is not, you know, we should develop this also for other people with cancer. So um, going into the second half of this year, we should have a version go live of always that suits all cancer patients, including prostate cancer patients whom we've worked with a lot over the, the past year, um, to really make sure that um, every patient... Um, can benefit from our wise in the way that the breast cancer patients um, have now benefited from it. So, um, yeah, that should go live as well. So, we're really excited because that means that we don't just need to implement the OS breast cancer app in the breast cancer service, but we can do this throughout the whole oncology service that runs throughout different hospitals. So yes, we're, we're active in the Netherlands and the UK, looking to to expand geographically as well into into other parts of the world, including the, the United States and um, and potentially Asia as well. So uh, this year it's unlikely to be Asia, but early next year we're looking to move into that as well. So we're really excited. Um, it's wonderful to have an expanded team. It's wonderful to have expanded presence uh, throughout the country and, and and other parts of the world so yeah we uh, we're looking forward to to more collaborations and and doing more of these things
0: that's great no thank you very much and uh it's been great to have you guys as part of the cancer innovation challenge and uh we wish px healthcare the very best for all the next steps uh and yeah no thank you for coming today thank you it's been great chatting to you Steph.